Welcome to the Elbow Up Youth Baseball Podcast. First-hand and real-time experience, stories, advice, and lessons learned. Some the hard way by me, a former player, lifelong fan, and now dad and coach. This is episode number 12. A good off-season is critical to in-season success. What's up, youth baseball parents, coaches, and fans? Happy New Year. 2021 is finally here. So 2020 is behind us. I don't know that we're completely out of the woods yet, but we're going to go with it. Um, looking forward to the new year and also just the new baseball season. So this episode today is focused on the offseason and how critical a good offseason is to in-season success. Before we get started, just a couple of housekeeping notes. If you missed my last podcast, episode number 11, you got to go back and listen to it. I interviewed 11-year Major League Baseball veteran turned youth baseball coach and dad, Sean Kelly. Sean pitched for multiple teams over an 11-year career, had a lot of success. He's now coaching his two sons who are under the age of 11. And um, you, you can find it, whether it's on iTunes or Spotify, Google Podcast. Just go to getelbowup.com. It's towards the top. Check that out. We're going to come back and do a part two uh, very soon. So looking forward to that. Also, the youth baseball throwing program that I put out actually went live over the last few weeks. If you're a premium subscriber to Elbow Up, you should have received that in the email. Uh, Also, you can access that at getelbowup.com. If you're not a premium subscriber, there is still a way to get that. Go to getelbowup.com. Look for the link that says off-season throwing program, and you can find that there. Lastly, as you prepare for the upcoming season, I know everybody's starting to get back into baseball mode. It's January. Weather's still cold, but we see some light at the end of the tunnel. I'd like for you to revisit one of my favorite posts. Uh, It's titled, Focusing on Winning is a Race to the Bottom. And and really, the the takeaway there is just as part of your off-season planning, make sure you revisit your goals. What are we here for? We're not here to win a bunch of rings. Sure, we want to. We're going to try to win every time we step on the field. But look at what's best for your kids, your player, your son, your team, uh, and really your families. What are your goals? What are you trying to do? How can you get the most out of the season? Trying to win every single ring possible is not going to be the answer to that question. So check that out. It's also at getelbowup.com. All right, jumping in. So the offseason's always been important, but it's really more critical now than ever that young kids are playing organized baseball really nine or ten months out of the year. So as we approach the new season, there's still plenty of time to take advantage of this offseason so that when you show up, your kids show up, they're healthy, they're refreshed, and really they're just better for the next season, right? So a successful offseason includes three key components. Uh, that we're going to talk about today. One is time off and rest. Okay, you got to have it. Number two, developing a plan. Can't just say, hey, we're going to start meeting once a week. What is the plan for the team? What's the plan for your individual players? And then the third thing is really just accountability, sticking to that plan and how we're going to do that. So starting off, time off. I, I I have talked about this before. Young guys are playing longer than they ever have before. Spring, summer, fall, depending on where you are in the country, maybe even into the winter, uh, seasons run together. Arms are being overused like crazy. Uh, It's unbelievable to me. Pitchers are now throwing year round and and guys, it's not healthy. There are, there's research after research after research that says that's not good. 
If you think you're going to get behind by, by taking a couple months off, you're just flat wrong. If you need to turn the podcast off and unsubscribe because I said that, that's fine. I just challenge you to do the research. Stick with me. You're not going to get behind, right? Um, <clears throat> so the other thing besides just rest, it's, all, it's just important to do other things. Having our kids clear their mind of baseball, getting you know involved in other hobbies, other sports, spending family time together, learning something new, that's super important. Uh, there's, there's some common myths, though, and I call them excuses, that I hear from parents when I say you really should take more time off or you shouldn't be doing that. I hear, well, my kid just loves it so much. He loves being out there. He wants to be out there throwing every single day. So I understand that. And I think if I was to poll all of the kids on our team, they would probably say the same thing. But I also know that they, they want to stay up until 1 a.m. in the morning playing Fortnite. They want to eat ice cream for dinner. They don't want to go to school. As parents, we have to make decisions for our young kids. And playing other sports and taking time off is one of those things that we have to do. Um, there, <laughs> there's no difference, really, guys, in, in this and all the other things that I just said. Uh, You've got to take time off. You've got to get away from baseball. There's lots of reasons. But just because your kid likes being out there. Listen, your kid likes being out there because they like being with their friends. They can be with friends playing soccer and learning something new and becoming more athletic. They can be with friends playing basketball. They can be with friends joining a robotics team. I mean, they can be with friends and have fun doing other things. The other myth and thing, excuse that I hear is, you don't understand, Kevin, uh, to stay competitive, we have to work out all the time. We have to work throughout the, uh, the winter. We only do a lesson or two indoors each week. No, I understand there is a real fear of missing out or getting behind. I totally get it. And it's really this rat race. So what happens is somebody does it and, and you see that they're getting better or maybe they're just really good. Uh, they're more advanced for their age. And so you think in order to catch up or stay with them, you've got to do it too. Guys, that's not the case. Your kid is going to be better off by taking time off. They're actually going to be a better athlete if they play basketball or, or indoor soccer. Or if they just go work out and, and shoot hoops in the yard. I mean, they need to take time off. They need to learn to be um, an overall athlete, not just a baseball player. If you go back and listen to the podcast with, with uh, Sean Kelly that I mentioned earlier, we really talked about that. And he talked about how all the guys, it, it, when he's sitting in a clubhouse and, and he's looking around at all the, I mean, these guys are the best of the best. 99% of them played other sports. They all played basketball or football or something, soccer. They didn't play baseball year round. It just didn't happen. And, and guess what? They're still the best in the world. Um, the other thing, playing nonstop with no break, it really, it really ties your son's identity to baseball. And I think that's okay on the surface at 9 and 10. Like, that's what we live to do. But what happens when they get to school, middle school, high school, maybe it's after that, when baseball becomes too difficult or they, they are not able to perform at that high level anymore or it's just time to hang it up, what else do they have? They don't know how to do other things. They don't have other interests. They've tied everything they know into baseball. And you may say, well, that's not us. Yeah, that happens a lot. Or, you know, we, we Actually, last night at dinner, this came up with our 18-year-old, and we were talking about – being cautious with with the the current pandemic and he's about to start his senior baseball season 
This is it. Unless he gets an offer or decides to play somewhere, like this is it. So, you know, what's he going to do? Now, now he's got a lot of other interests and he has plans in college and he knows what he wants to do in life or so he thinks. But for so many that, that don't ever get a break, they tie their identity to baseball. And I'm just cautioning you, when that's over, what next? The last, well, it's not really the last, but the other myth and, and excuse I hear is that our coach makes our team continue to work out indoors during the winter months. It may sound somewhat crude, but maybe it's time to find another team. There, there's no team at this age that requires 12 months of training or 12 months of playing, period. Um, and you may disagree and think that I'm crazy, but listen, you got to take some time off. Even look, I'm, 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 I am okay with off season workout. I'm, I'm going to talk about it here in a minute. I'm okay with getting a lesson in the winter time, but you got to have some rest. You got to have six to eight weeks totally off. Like I, I'm actually super proud of our team this year. You know, we, I was joking. My my younger son was playing Fortnite with one of his baseball teammates the other night, and they were doing like a, a FaceTime call at the same time. And I said, "Who's that?" And, and he told me who it was. And I'm like, "Man, I forgot who." I, I was joking, of course, but I said, I, "I forgot who you were. I haven't seen you in so long." Um, but that's good. Like now, they're excited to get back together. They've taken some time off. They're refreshed. They're ready to go. Uh, they're not going to get behind. I, trust me. So once we've taken some time off and we've rested our bodies, we've rested our minds, we're energized, we're ready to get back to it, we got to have a plan. And if you don't have a plan already, now's the time. You still have a little bit before, um, you, you know, too much of the offseason goes by. Whether it's a plan for your son or if you're a coach for the team, it should include th- at least three things. But, but the things that I want to talk about today are goals, actions, and accountability. You should have goals that are team and individual specific. So you should have team goals, for example, where we're going to work on team defense, uh, bunt coverages. You know, that's specific. It could be that we just want to, as a team, get bigger, faster, and stronger, whatever it is. But you need to have team goals that you work on. You also need to have goals for individual players. I'm really big on this. And and on our own team, I haven't done a a ton of it. We've talked about it as a coaching staff. But each player has different needs. So some players need to be more athletic, and so they need to work on things that are going to help them get more athletic before the season starts. Some, some players are, are, um, maybe have some swing deficiencies that they need to work on. They need to get better at the plate. Other players may be, you know, they, they, they may be able to, to kill the ball at the plate, but they need to work on some throwing mechanics. Or maybe they need to work on preparing to play a new position. Or maybe you have catchers who need to get ready. You know, you're moving from eight to nine, or you just had your nine-year-old fall season, you're going into the full season. You've got four or five guys that need to work on specific uh, catching skills. Um, It's important to be able to do both. What I recommend is having a coaches meeting to get all this planned out. And then you have a parents meeting and you talk about the plan and you say, look, we're, we're going to get together once a week in the winter. Some people are playing basketball. Others are playing indoor soccer. So we only really have one night a week. Plus it's too cold. We can only get the indoor, indoor facility for an hour a week. So here's what our focus is going to be. And it's really going to be on team goals. And that's okay because you need to be as efficient with your time and, and resources as possible. However, we can't neglect those individual goals, right? So that's where, it, you know, you need, to, you need to set up time with parents. So you need to talk about it, but then you need to meet individually. 
So, you know, little Jimmy's parents need to hear that he needs to become more athletic. Johnny's parents need to hear that he really has a swing issue and that while it was okay in coach pitch, he's really going to struggle if he doesn't work that out in player pitch. You know, the other person might need to work on some throwing mechanics. Hey, look, we've got to get this, this kid, you know, your son, to where he can play other positions. So here's what we recommend. You need to have those individual goals. Now, obviously, the, the work to achieve those goals is going to be different. And some people have more resources than others. You know, some teams have an entire facility to themselves, and that makes things really easy. Others don't. Maybe you have a, an hour with your team, but then, you, you know, the players on your team, the parents can't necessarily afford to get lessons. So you, you might have to get creative, and that's, that's really a whole other topic. But either way, there are things you can work on that um, are going to help us achieve these goals. One thing that I think every player and team needs to do is just focus on getting their arm back in shape. So most kids, you know, they've thrown football, they've shot basketball, they've done something active. But baseball is actually, throwing a baseball is not a very natural motion. And, and you get a lot of stress on, on, for example, your elbow and your shoulder. And I like to use the, the analogy that getting ready for the season and getting warmed up is, is, is more like an oven and not a microwave. It takes some time. And if you try to be the microwave, you're going you're gonna to be hurt. And the younger the kid is, the, the, the maybe less negative impacts you see early on. But over time, the stress and strain is going to add up. So one thing that I did, I, I created this uh, off-season throwing program for specifically for youth. And it's really an eight-week program. You could shorten it to six weeks depending on when you start. I, I recommend if you start it today, you can be ready really almost by the first week of March when you, know, you shouldn't be playing before that anyway, in my opinion, uh, unless you're maybe in South Florida or California. However, um, it's important to have some type of program. You can't go from zero to 60 in 1.2 seconds. I see it all the time. The kid gets out there. They don't warm up. They just stretch it out. And it's like they haven't thrown hardly in two months. They don't know any better, guys. Parents, coaches, you have to do this. That's why the program that, I, that I've put out, um, it, it really gives you a step-by-step, day-by-day guide. Um, one thing I'll say is it's not necessarily one size fits all. You have to look at it in terms of if you're – eight years old going into nines and you're going to be pitching for the first time, you know, the distances that I mentioned in there, shorten those up. If you're 12, right, you may have to stretch those out a little bit. If you have questions, email me, kevinburke2 at gmail.com. Go to getelbowup.com. If you're a premium subscriber, you've already gotten the program in your email. You can access the PDF. If you're not a premium subscriber, then either become one. Uh, It's six bucks a month or $60 for the year. Not a, a, a huge investment. I think if you go to get a, that's like one coffee a month that you can sacrifice. Um, and and if you're not though, you can go uh, and purchase that with a, for one time. It's fifteen bucks. I'm not getting rich off this, guys. It's just a way to help subsidize the cost of doing the podcast, hosting the the newsletter, etc. So appreciate the support on that. If you have any questions, please email me again. It's kevinburke2 at gmail.com. I'll be more than happy to talk with you uh, about that, especially if you are a premium subscriber or if you purchase the program and you want to tweak it for your child, I'll be more than happy to help. All right. Now, once we've developed the plan based on our goals, we got to stick to it. That's the hardest part. You've got school, you've got other activities, just life in general gets in the way. So you've got to be able to hold yourself accountable um, but really keep your son focused as well. I think 
making what I call, quote, at-home work kid-driven is important. If your son feels like it's a job or a punishment or they just something else they have to do, they're not going to do it. And if they do, they're not going to get a lot out of it. We want them to enjoy baseball, enjoy the game as they're learning and getting better. <clears throat> so if you're having this conversation or you're listening to this podcast, your kid's old enough to have that conversation with them to say, here's why we're doing this. Here's the benefits of sticking to the plan. Go over the opportunities. Be honest with them. Talk about the goals. Um, put something in place to hold you and them accountable and to measure the results. We'll talk about that more in a minute. Um, I think for something like the throwing program that I mentioned a second ago, print out a monthly calendar, mark the days that you're supposed to work on something, let your child post it somewhere, let them see it, let them mark on, you know, mark off the days after you've done the work, take pictures, take video, measure things at, at my job. We talk about smart goal. You don't, you don't want to just have a goal. We want to have a, what we call a smart goal, right? So a smart goal is one that is specific, it's measurable, it's achievable, it's relevant, and it's time bound. So really everything we, in any goal we have should be uh, using that acronym, a SMART goal. But I think your child specifically, who can't necessarily see the big picture that we see, needs to be able to see how is it relevant? How do we measure it? Is it achievable? What's the time frame? right? How specific? We don't want to, listen, we don't want to just go and say, we want to get our arm warmed up or we want to make our arm stronger, right? I'm not saying you go out and buy a radar gun by any stretch, especially at the young age. If you have one or have the ability, though, measure it early and then measure it after the work. Um, again, I'm going to say don't go buy a radar gun just for that. <laughs> That's just an example of how you can measure something over the, over the long term. The other thing is measuring distance, right? So if you follow the program, you don't want to go out and just try to max out your distance, but over the course of that program, as you start to stretch it out, you as a parent will be able to see, you know, get, get a can of spray paint. My dad used to mark it on the, on the, we lived in a cul-de-sac and he would go out on the pavement and he, not a big, huge mark, but he would get a can, a spray can, a, a can of spray paint and he would make marks. And, um, over time, you know, you don't see a difference between today and tomorrow, and you really don't see a difference between today and next week. But if you start today and then you look in four weeks and then you look in eight weeks and you stick to the program and the plan, I promise you, you'll see results. And then the kid is actually going to see, hey, this is actually working. And that's just a way for them to stay engaged as you go through. Right. Also, another thing is uh, from an accountability perspective, um, kids like to play with other kids. So while I'm not a proponent of getting the whole team together because I think it's hard to focus, try to partner up with another player call another parent on the team maybe somebody of of similar skill right and get them to do it together if that if geography and schedules work out I think that's another way kids like to be around other kids my son likes to throw with me but if I say hey let's go get so and so on the team and we're going to throw once a week he's going to be so fired up to see his buddy and throw and and do all those types of things so that's a way again to kind of help hold yourself and your child accountable uh, in more of a fun way right the last thing is, if you're a coach, share the, and I mentioned this earlier, but share the plan with your parents on the team. Don't, don't just have a plan and don't share with anybody. Talk to the parents, explain. I'm about to come out with a, with a new post on uh, coaches communication. There's really, there's really two things, uh, coaches and how we communicate to parents and how to be effective and then parents and how we communicate with coaches. But when it comes to the plan, coaches don't, it's not a secret. 
you know, share the plan, put it on paper, put it, put up, put, write your goals out, write out how you're going to get to that and then share it with the parents so that you guys can hold each other accountable. Um, you know, I've talked for almost 20 minutes on this. It's not really rocket science, but so often, and I'm, I'm guilty of this, the whole purpose of this podcast and this whole elbow up thing is learning from the mistakes I made with our older son and just going blindly into the new season, you get busy, you don't think about it, you don't plan, you don't prepare, <clears throat> it, you end up, guess what, you don't accomplish what you want to accomplish. So if you, are, uh, if you have an advanced team or your kid is more advanced, you're going to be okay short term. Long term, though, the teams that are doing this, the teams that have a plan, they stick to it, they, they, they take baby steps, right? They run a marathon, not a sprint. Those are the teams and the players that are going to get better. And those are the players that when they're 14 and 15 are going to pass the other kids because every year they've had a plan. They focused on the little things and they've gotten better incrementally over time. Um, lastly, just don't forget the arm health. Um, besides just getting better and having a, a plan for that, you've got to have the rest and the time off for the arm health. And then as you get back into it, you've got to ease into it. That's the other part of my off season throwing program. It's really, you know, you could tweak it however you want. You could say, well, it's not a one size fits all, but at the end of the day, it's a way for you to incrementally get your arm warmed up back into shape, back into, to, to, you know, I wouldn't say mid season form, but a way for you to just get ready in, in a healthy way. And it holds you accountable for that. So I would just encourage you, no, no matter if you, if you look at my program or you take somebody else's or you just do your own thing, you've got to ease into it. Uh, professional baseball players, they have a three to sometimes more uh, throwing program. So they, they get done in, in that the minor leaguers, for example, get done in like August time frame. They take September and October off and then they throw November, they throw December, they throw January before pitchers and catchers have to report. They have a three-month, <clears throat> a 12-week program. I've seen several of the of big league teams throwing programs uh, and it's it's extremely methodical and slow and eases in, them into it. And if those guys are doing that, then there's no reason why your nine or 10 or 11 year old or even eight year old should go from zero to 100 in one second, right? Think like an oven, not a microwave. So that's really it, guys. You got to have time off and then you got to get ready for the season. Um, I'd love to hear how you plan to do that. If you have questions, let me know that as well. If you got this uh, podcast in your email, just hit reply, ask me a question. If you are hearing it on whatever podcast platform you listen to, just go to getelbowup.com. You can contact me there, kevinburke2 at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at elbowup. And Facebook is facebook.com slash elbowup. Tons of ways to get in touch with me. I'd love to help. It's, I'm starting to get excited. You know, I'm, as much as I love baseball, I really enjoy the offseason because I get to just kind of clear my mind, catch up on housework and do other things. But now that I'm starting to uh, see others, you know, we're getting messages on tournaments and, and league play and things like that. Um, I know that the season is right around the corner. So looking forward to hearing from you. Again, thanks for all your support. If you have any questions, let me know, and I'll talk to you next time.